Hello everyone and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is April 25th, 2022. We're glad to have all of you here meeting with us today to strengthen and vivify the planetary network. Before we begin, let us take a moment to link together and sound the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Triangles, for those of you who do not know, or perhaps are new to this work and joining us for the first time, is a simple visualization technique which uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work of triangles is to establish a network of lighted goodwill throughout the entire planet. And we do this, this is, this is worked out by groups of three, three people joining together each day to vivify their link. They link together as triangles of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. They then visualize their triangle within the larger network of triangles and sound together the great invocation to release these energies, to circulate them throughout the planet and the consciousness of humanity. The purpose of our webinar here today is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. We also aim to create a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and to participate in a meditative visualization in support of the work. And also, of course, to strengthen the planetary network. If you are new to the work, um, or if you're a longtime member of triangles and you'd like to form a triangle, or if you just like more information about the activity, please put your email address in the chat box and we can have, um, and we'll email you. I see the chat box is empty, which is a bit strange. I hope it's turned on. Let me double check really quick. It seems it is turned on. Okay. We have a special guest joining us today, uh, James Mills, who has been on the webinar a few times before. James is a uh, trained as an architect, and he'll be presenting today on the theme human beingness. So James will present today after our meditation. Um, now, before we proceed any further, let us join together in a, in a brief visualization, followed by the sounding of the mantra on your screen. We visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy.
We visualize within that sphere a triangle. This is the triangle of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center. The spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart. And humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, and radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere, is fit, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. We visualize the energies radiating forth from the center and through the five points of the planetary star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo. Visualize these energies outpouring and enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies, consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, and restoring peace on earth. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Oh. The nature of the human being, or the self, is perhaps one of the most difficult and elusive questions 
which even the greatest of our scientists, philosophers, and psychologists have been unable to answer. Of course, only through a synthesis of science, religion, philosophy, and psychology can such a comprehensive question be answered. And it is for this reason, perhaps, that the trend towards specialization in the professional and academic world seems to have taken us even further from a true synthetic understanding of who we really are. Today, we can see a steady trend in the right direction. Science has begun to recognize the limitations of pure materialism, and in many cases even acknowledges the metaphysical. And religion, at least in some of its many sects and denominations, is moving away from the dead letter of doctrine to the living spirit which resides in and unites each and all. Yet no field of knowledge offers such a comprehensive philosophy to describe the origin, nature, and destiny of mankind as spiritual occultism. The science of occultism is not new by any means. It has taken many forms throughout human history. The great religions of antiquity all had their esoteric counterparts that were taught only to the initiates of those days, and they were sworn to secrecy, passing on this knowledge, often only by word of mouth. These various forms of the ageless wisdom, though different in their outer appearance, are connected by the golden thread of truth that runs through all of them. This thread can be traced back to the birth of mankind upon our globe, to the lords of the flame who brought this knowledge from on high. Esoteric science traces the evolution of man from above and not from below, as it is often considered in the biological sciences. <clears throat> it is natural then that this divine science, which certainly predates the existence of man on this globe, would be bequeathed to us by those spiritual existences responsible for the creation, propagation, and the individualization of humanity and its appearance in physical form. The ageless wisdom teaches that nature, that is the matter principle, unaided, fails in every attempt to develop suitable forms for the spirits or monads which are impelled down into incarnation. It is impossible for the divine monads to truly dwell in bodies of the densest materialism, that is, for them the threefold personality, without an intermediary. The earliest attempts at incarnation or descent into form were failures, we are told, and the presence of the monad was latent, the creation's only empty shells, possessing only a lunar or outer form, but lacking the principle of intelligence or manas. The intermediary required is a living spiritual fire. The secret doctrine states that this fire is the special, special possession of, quote, the triangles. And triangles here refers to the solar angels who having become possessed of activity are no longer pure from the standpoint of the higher purely spiritual hierarchies. In their activity, these fires become independent and free intelligences and are shown in almost every theology as rebelling from divine law and being cast out of heaven. In truth, though, these stories are allegorical, and these fires, these solar angels, were always destined to incarnate as the divine soul in man during our present round. 
Blavatsky writes that, quote, man is an animal plus a living God, end quote. We possess a lunar form, the personality, and a divine essence or solar fire. The goal of mankind is to learn to control, to guide, and to utilize the lunar substances of which our lower sheaths are made. This goal requires the development of full self-consciousness, which can only be brought about through the agency of these solar angels who build and vitalize our solar or egoic bodies, the true temple of Solomon, our immortal souls. Both the lunar and the solar meet on the plane of mind. And this plane also links the individualized human being with an even higher triad, which uses the mind and soul as its vehicle of expression. At the end of the evolutionary process, man gains full possession of all three fires, the lunar, the solar, and the electric fire of spirit. He, quote, blazes forth, and he attains to the freedom of the higher spheres, plus the full experience of full self-consciousness and mastery over the lower planes of manifestation. He links spirit and matter through the full wielding of the law. Humanity being the fourth kingdom in nature, therefore, is not limited simply to the physical, emotional, and concrete mind with which we are also familiar. It is this special fire which sets us apart from the animals and makes us truly human. When we assume this true human identity, we can fully accept the full extent of the spiritual responsibility with which this fire, which karma itself has assigned to us. We are, as humanity, representatives of the first aspect of divinity for the three lower kingdoms in nature. This requires the full manifestation of any number of spiritual powers, the wielding of truth and love above all. The union of the lunar and the solar of which the human being is composed is itself a great symbol of the linking of mind and love, of spirit and matter, of fire, water, and earth. It is the destiny of humanity to bring about the presence of these spiritual forces within the lower spheres, and in so doing, provide a two-way path of descent and ascent, whereby the divine circulatory flow of all life in all kingdoms can be attained. Let us now begin our meditation. Focus ourselves as a group upon the mental plane and linking in thought as a soul, as a point of light and love with all those people throughout the world who are working in this triangles meditation group. Sound together the invocation of the will. 
In the center of the will of God I stand, and naught shall deflect my will from His. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of light, love, and goodwill circulating in and around the network. Visualize these energies, unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships.
sound together the mantrum of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. They seek to love, and not hate. They seek to serve, and not exact due service. They seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. We sound together the adapted great invocation. And as we repeat each stanza, we visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose can flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Oh. Thank you, everyone. So I'd like to invite James to go ahead and unmute yourself. Yeah. James, all right, go ahead. Thank you, Michael. Uh, good evening, everyone. 
Um, this is a, a just my my thoughts uh, on uh, what it means to be human. Uh, what does it mean to describe oneself as a human being? Why a being and not a doing? Surely we spend most of our lives doing things. Therefore, would it would it not be more accurate to describe ourselves as such? If we look at the etymology of the word human, it derives from the Indo-European word goman, that's, that's spelled G-H-O-M-A-N, which means of the earth or earthling. A synonym for garden compost is humus, which is derived from the same root word. We are therefore creatures of the earth in these terms, earth beings. We are part of the natural world intrinsically as humans, and we be and dwell as such to be fully human. Looking at humanity at this present time when the emphasis is on busyness, information accumulation and doing, it should give us pause for thought and reflection what it means to be human. What do we value and maintain as essential human activity? And what are we willing to relinquish to artificial intelligence for that to do for us? What does it mean to be rather than to do? Perhaps that uh, biblical phrase, be still and know that I am God is a, is a clue. The quietening of body and mind as we know brings about an ability to observe inwardly thought, feeling and action. And by so doing understand what it means to be human. Self-knowledge and acceptance being healthier and more humane than constant striving for perfection. Considering that this indigenous beingness is a fundamental quality we share with all creatures in their diversity and richness, it would seem appropriate to recognize, value and cherish the variety of qualities and forms in human beingness from country to country and region to region as customs and cultures change organically across the earth. We are as humans perhaps naturally best living in connected but distinct groups, being unified in our diversity rather than becoming uniform, as I discussed in my last talk. Governance coming from decentralized groups of sovereign human beings rather than the Orwellian alternative of centralized control by a form of world government under the pretext of crisis management. As Charles Eisenstein wrote in a recent Substack article on central bank digital currencies, I quote, there is no such thing as an autonomous individual. The true nature of the human being, indeed of being itself, is relationship. The true nature of the human being, indeed of being itself, is relationship. Only a system or society built upon that metaphysical understanding can hope to durably fulfill the hopes that we invest in it. It would seem that we need to create new ancient stories to inspire us and help us to remember, literally put back together ourselves as a beautiful heterogeneous mix of diverse creative beings and communities who have the wisdom to see our technology as our servant and not our master. Another word that derives from that root word goman is humility, being close to the earth. And this human quality can help us reflect on our actions and responsibilities as part of a vast family of life, embracing all minerals, plants and animals. There has been a trend in public discourse recently to identify the human species as the problem on the planet, like a virus that needs to be controlled. But this is surely a gross distortion of the true situation. There are significant problems in humanity's relationship with the natural world, 
but there is a natural genius in humans to create solutions and find new ways to live that are in balance with nature. Perhaps true creativity comes from being and not from doing. And this relates back to the heart-mind balance. When the mind is the servant of the heart, things are wisely done as our hearts understand beingness instinctively. It would seem that creativity is at its most inspired when we remember how to play and explore like children with open curiosity and trust in our unique human beingness. And through this, our innate genius, individually and collectively, can arise spontaneously and naturally to bring us back into balance and make us truly human. Thanks for listening. Thank you, James. There's a lot to, uh, to think about there. So I really appreciate that really, really candid and, and sort of direct reflection on um, really on human nature, I think, you know, mm. I spoke a little bit about you know, the esoteric aspects of human nature sort of pulling from some of the mm. ageless wisdom teachings, but, you know, from a more practical perspective, there are really serious questions to consider, you know, from our very human standpoint of, like you said, um, what does it mean to be rather than to do yeah. a sort of dichotomy? And I guess yeah. one question that came up for me was, um, what do you, what's the right mix of doing and being, or how do you balance those things? Or, or is it possible to have them both? You know, I think in our modern society, we just want everything, you know, we want, and but the spiritual teachings also tell us we can't serve two masters. Um, so what do yeah. you yeah, no, absolutely. It's a very good question and <laughs> very difficult to answer, isn't yeah, it? Of course, yeah. <laughs> because it is, it is a balance, isn't it? Of course, we 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 do. We are we are creative. We're creative doers, and and uh, yeah, but it is a balance. And I guess it's just it feels like at the moment, and I'm sure a lot of people kind of sympathise with the view that uh, you know that, that the um, the technology is is kind of seems to be driving the agenda more than the. Um, the humane kind of uh, natural genius of just you know um, sitting in a room without any technology just thinking about things <laughs> yeah um but I, you know it's 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 i'd be interested to hear what people uh, other people would like to say about that because um it's such a wonderful sort of wonderful question um and i, I don't have a i don't have a <laughs> A, a, a succinct answer because I guess there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there is either. It's a, a little bit difficult question. I think I threw it. Yeah. But yeah, but, but thank but, you for those thoughts. Uh, there is a hand up. Did you want to say something? Oh, yeah, else, James, yeah. Uh, please go ahead. Um, whoever is. Please. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me just unmute. Ask to unmute, Joshua. Hey guys, thanks for that talk, James. My pleasure. I had some thoughts on uh, what you just brought up of uh, doing and being, and what's what's the right balance. So one way I look at it is doing is associated with the third ray and being is associated with the second ray. And uh, and the, the third ray of, of doing, let's say, has to do with the West and the, the, uh, the quality of being or similar to the second ray has to do with the East. And, you know, we've, we've got this idea of the externalization of the hierarchy, which is about bringing that, that inner being into outer manifestation to build the the kingdom of God on earth. And so, you know, the West can do go too far with with, like you said, some of the mechanization and getting too too obsessed with the form, but the uh, you know, the East goes too far with neglecting those things. So somehow they've they've got to be brought together. Uh, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I guess it would be perfecting the form so that it serves mankind but and necessary to that is some state of of uh being you know uh i guess christ consciousness is one way you'd say mm. yeah no, I, I agree i i i thought that um you know in terms of the Lucis trust and the alice bailey teaching i i thought the quote by charles eisenstein was interesting because he, he talks about you know the true nature of the human being indeed of being itself is relationship which is fascinating, isn't it? Because in a way, it's not about the object, perhaps, 
but about the relationship between things, which is, um, you know, which is what perhaps is the key. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of just sort of putting that out there. I don't know what, um, what do you think about that? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that is an interesting quote that he focused on relationship because mm. a lot of people, at least in like the more mundane sciences, they don't really focus on it because it's very hard to quantify, I think. Mm. How do you quantify a relationship? And if you can't quantify it, how do you measure it? And if you can't measure it, how do you even begin to go about studying it or talking about it, you know? Yes. But I think that's one of the things that groups like the like the loose trust but specifically the triangles network i mean we think in terms of we're dealing with the energy of relationship and we're learning to mm. to interact with it and to talk about it in forms just like this one in a way that it is something very real and something that an energy that we can you know work with and wield and mediate into into expression mm. yeah. it's not just sort of I happen to meet somebody and or have to be born into this family and then we have you know some relationship or something but yes an actual you know subjective yes. thing yes should i read out some of the comments because um that might give us some yeah. something to go through yeah go uh, ahead if you see uh, any you don't have to read all of them but if you see some you'd like to read you know yeah so i guess I guess the question, if there are any questions, that would be useful, wouldn't it? Um, let's see. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes. Um, so I, I think it, so. The person who makes the comment is at the top, isn't? Isn't it? Uh, so uh, Angela, I think, said it's interesting that the dictionary was changed decades ago to remove man from the definition of nature. The material universe independent of man or his actions hmm. it's interesting and the the word man is interesting isn't it uh, because you used uh, michael mand mankind and which is mind kind isn't it manas mm -hmm. and and this is a very interesting because it, it seems that this uh the the root of this particular um root that i found the etymology of human although it's got man in it, it doesn't appear to be um connected with manas which is kind of interesting. So it's like almost um, the other sort of like a, a two, maybe a two-part definition of what it is to be human. One being manas and the other being goman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I found that interesting. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jesse says, doing is a material event, being is a spiritual form of life. Yes. Yes, bringing, you know, this, the, the old quote, <clears throat> um, being in the world, but not of the world. So very, again, another one of those interesting, quite difficult to define um, quotes uh, and what's meant by it. It's almost um, like the more you look into it, the more there's all these more subtler and subtler pairs of opposites that we mm. have to really balance. And, mm. you know, the subtler they get, the sort of easier in one sense it becomes, but at the same time, it's more difficult because there's so much harder to really rein in. Mm. That makes sense. As, as you were saying, it, 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 that's why in a way, academia somewhat steers away from relationship because it is hard to define. Yeah. And maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a whole, there's a whole kind of um, new way. I guess it's the language, isn't it? To communicate what you mean by these, by these mm -hmm. words which is the difficult bit. Um, I'll read out what um, Isabel says. Uh, James Alfred Kozibiski mentions that, that it is the relation between people that are of moment and of significance. Yes, absolutely. Well, that, that goes to that quote. And Gary says the balance between being and doing may be perceived in cycles such as the need to in the morning to meditate and during the day there is a manifestation of energy doing. Yeah, this uh, may also be perceived annually and during the three festivals and later in the year the manifestation of the energy is doing. Yes, absolutely. The two. We are in this. We're in the at the moment. We're in the sort of beingness of the three. Uh, 
months of um, high, high um, insp inspiration. Uh, and I guess then it's the working out of that in the lower part of the year. Mm -hmm. And that, that I, I didn't sort of put it into my talk, but I thought it was quite interesting. Just the word um, human is, um, has a kind of aspiration. It's, it's, it's breathing out, human. And it seems to, to me to maybe connect to um, the, the, the whole uh, thing of breathing um, and, and, and all those words that go with the word uh, spirit, spirit, you know, inspiration expiration transpiration um and and uh, you know conspiration so thinking about the, at the moment you know with these uh you know what is a conspiracy and how do we conspire and who who conspires with whom and do we do it openly you know all these things are feel to me uh, to be connected with that uh, concept of what it is to be human because it is about this breath and breathing in and breathing out, you could say the, you know, the higher and lower interlude of the year is again connected to the breath. So it's, um, <laughs> it's a big subject. It is, and the, the breath is such a beautiful, you know, metaphor because they talk about even the incarnations of the soul being the in breath and the out breath of the soul. Mm. And the same with the whole all of creation, actually, the whole Mahamantara being, you know, a, mm. an exhalation of of the you know unknowable absolute whatever and then pralaya being you know the time in between or the in-breath i guess yes yeah. in fact barbara says here being life and intellect i understood that human represented this in breathed in breathed mind of god so yes that, that same idea <clears throat> um and yeah but it is interesting that our language has has brought this word being. You know, we could just say we're humans. Why why human beings? It, it is interesting that we've hung on to that mm -hmm. uh, for centuries. I, I don't know quite, quite when it first came up. You know, came out in the English language, and I guess other languages, of course, have perhaps similar but different um, <laughs> descriptions of, of of that same of those same two words, human mm -hmm. being. Um, I'll read out Mary Christina writes um, this quote on relationship is most appropriate James a secondary system is a sun system which is the relation between the first and the second aspect somewhere in the blue books I read something like the whole process of evolution can be synthesized in the word relationship thanks Christina yeah yeah Yes, Francis says a wise teacher once said being is greater than doing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting as well that yeah. in Sufism, who is the permeating presence of God? So consider the meaning of humanus. We are both being and doing, doers. This is from Matthew. Um, both aspects can be developed and matured. Yes, so there's a balance, isn't there, between the two. The human being can also be understood as both solar and lunar. Our solar aspects as the soul while our lunar aspect our personality karma and social conditioning which is <clears throat> what you touched upon michael yeah um so mary christina says again in the blue books there is a passage where dk says that a disciple does no more than by doing than by being <laughs> interesting yes um it isn't because i uh, i've definitely experienced you know uh, if uh, you know periods in my life where i'm just so engrossed in activity mm. and so busy mm. and for long periods of sustained sustained periods of time and you get to the end of it and it's all over and you reflect back and you're like how spiritually significant was that really you know <laughs> yeah so uh, that's a that's a good quote from Maria yes Christina. And I, I like the, you know, the idea of playing. Um, uh, uh, this is why I put it in because I think there's a lot, there's a key to this about, um, you know, we talk about playing games and playing, playing instruments, but we don't. We, we, it's like this really focused, quite stressful thing that we do <laughs> as human beings a lot of the time. Not always, obviously. And and I, I like the idea of 
because playing for me seems to be real playing like children much closer to being much closer to this sense of well i don't have i don't have an end goal here i'm just going to explore this and i'm just going to try something out and if it doesn't work that's okay i'll try something else you know it it takes away all this pressure which we have in our society about having to get things right and all these goals and <laughs> you know um which the technology tends to um, in, it sort of um, exacerbate or, or, or increase the the kind of the, the that, that aspect of our of our uh, life living. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I just lost the thought I was going to share actually, but um, sorry, James, <laughs> I didn't no, mean to interrupt. Do you have something? To, I have another thought though. If you'd like yeah, me to sure. to share something, just. I was thinking, you know, the whole, the whole idea of death, you know, people, you know, why, do, why does, you know, if we were to live in a, why does death even exist? You know, it's sort of this big tragedy and it seems so unfair, you know, when somebody, especially that we know very closely or who is, who dies young, you know, it's such a tragedy. Mm. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine who was caring for her dying husband. This was some years ago. And it was actually me and a colleague of mine. And we asked her, you know, what is, this must be such a difficult time for you. Um, you know, what is your, just asked her like, you know, how are you doing? But like, what are you sort of, you know, how, how are you getting on? And she just said, this has been in many ways, such a eye-opening time for her hmm. because she realized how much of all the things she thought her whole life really mattered actually didn't matter at all. You know, this like imminent death of her, you know, beloved husband helped her to put everything in perspective mm. yes. regarding what was important in life. Yes. And so much of you know, her career, everything she had devoted so much of her time to, she's like, wow, what is, is it really, you know, just like that, put, yeah. put, put her in this perspective. And it's yeah. almost like if we could just, you know, get that perspective without some great yeah. tragedy. I think that would be the the best choice. Yeah. But um, yeah, often doesn't. It goes with the with yeah. the crisis, doesn't it? Yeah. It's um, yeah. I um, I'll, I'll continue to read a, f a few more comments if that's okay. Um, yeah, there is one here about um. Someone you asked about your reference to central bank digital yes. currency. Yeah. CBDCs, it's all, all over the place at the moment. Yes. <laughs> I think you used a quote roughly, no one is completely autonomous. Yes, that was Charles Eisenstein's quote. Um, the word autonomous means self-ruled in Greek, yes. And uh, the other word which is coming up a lot is similar to that, which is sovereign. The idea of being a sovereign human being um, and what does that mean in relation to a community, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, and so it, there's a very, if you ever get the chance to read, um, anyone who wants to read Charles Eisenstein's article on central bank digital currencies is very interesting because he talks about the fact that, um, you know, really money is not that important in relation to, uh, in relation to community living, you know, that we can exchange things, not necessarily using money as such and 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 going back i guess to a, a more um a, an earlier time when we exchange things for in different ways but not necessarily using a currency and he was just talking about the the dangers and the and the pros and the cons of a, of a digital program currency which is what's being talked about now through central banks all over the world <clears throat> um yes but as John says, the, ah, the distortion of words, and it's, it's, it's right. <laughs> because words are symbols, aren't they? And it's, it, they, they only, they're only there as pointers, really. We, it, it, what we're trying to point to is beyond words. Mm -hmm. And maybe your friend who, with her dying husband, that's what she was getting to, that, that sense of going beyond the words, uh, you know. Well, the thing is, I think words themselves can be misleading as well, you know. Yes. They don't yeah. always, they don't always carry truth. No. So that's also, they're just forms or vehicles. Yes. 
and, and how much to use them. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I've looked into recently the, the path of non-duality, the Advaita path. And, you know, that, that whole teaching is about going beyond, you know, going beyond the, the mind, going beyond thought in a way, what is before thought. So it's like, and it's very difficult because, because we have to use thought. I mean, you know, we are human beings and we have to perceive and, and discern through our minds. But it's the kind of thoughts that you use, which is, I think, what you were pointing to in your first, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, in your um, address earlier, uh, Michael, was the idea of, you know, the, the different kinds of thought in the different kinds of mind that we have. And... Ideally, they should all be integrated and um, working together, I guess. Um, yeah. So, um, Barbara, uh, sorry, Isabel says, oh, yes, as children, we learned by playing. Thanks for having emphasized this. Um, Wilfried says, yes, the German is Mensch for human. Yeah. So it's kind of closer to mind, isn't it, Mensch? I guess. I don't know. Um, I know they talk about being really human as being a mensch. It's like it has a very um, good quality to it. Um, um, Barbara says, would you really want to be immortal? Should we be aiming to fulfill our dharma in relationship as far as we can know what that is? <laughs> yes, thanks, Barbara. It's true. Yeah. Um, Jesse says, another way to learn is through the method of love, wisdom, using the heart with the mind. Yes, absolutely. And it's this balance again between the heart and the mind. And that's why I mentioned about the technology and, you know, where is our technology leading us? And uh, I was speaking to my nephew who's studying in engineering um, and he was saying, listen, I need to use the technology. Otherwise, I'll be left behind. If I don't use the technology, you know, everyone else will be going further ahead and I won't be able to keep up. So it's it's hard. I mean, if you're young, you have to you have to get on board. <laughs> yeah. It's a very tough one. And it's also, you know, the I think what Joshua mentioned briefly, the relationship between the third and second rays, you know, you mm. can't just have mm. sort of um, you have, the second ray has to sort of rule the third, mm. the third ray of the personality. You know, mm -hmm. so you don't want the technology to be, you can't have technology without some sort of ethics behind, you know, sort of mm -hmm. new forms of ethics, which I think is what you're getting at in a lot of what you said. Behind yeah, that. and this this idea that technocracy at the moment is kind of, you know, through things like the World Economic Forum is, is a very um, almost distorted form of this sort of third ray energy, maybe um, sort of turbocharged by the seventh ray coming yeah. in. And, and so the balance to that, what is the balance to that? Because it feels like that's way, way, way too, um, you know, talking about transhumanism and all this stuff. And it just doesn't feel right to me anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and hence the, the whole, it's very interesting because it's really catalyzed, I think, a lot of people to think about these things very, very deeply um, and, and, and so on. But, um, yeah, it's, it, I'll just read what Karina wrote here. Uh, As a human being, there has been to be a balance between speaking, thinking, doing. Maybe it has to be a real balance between being and doing where every part has the same goal. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that food for thought, I think, for all of us, really. <laughs> yes, indeed. James, I think it, we're going to wrap it up now, unless okay. you have anything right. final to say. No, 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 that, that was okay. lovely. Thank you very much, Michael. For All the right, James, thank you so much for presenting and okay. everybody on the call, of course, as well, for participating today. Yes. Um, let us just conclude here with a, a brief moment of silence to link up with all the Triangles workers throughout the world. Thank you.